Okay, so we are in um, our series called Arrival. And if you weren't here last week with us, what we're talking about, of course, is the arrival of Christ, the first arrival of Christ at Christmas. And we celebrate that and we think about that and we look back to that and we're nostalgic and we have all kinds of memories and we, you know, we put up our little nativity scene, decorate our house, and all of that is fun. And I enjoy this time of year and I'm sure you do too, looking back. But more than just looking back, what we're trying to focus in on in this series is also looking forward. Because the people at the first Christmas were anticipating, eagerly anticipating Christ's arrival. They actually were waiting for years upon years because the Bible had told them that there would be a day where the Messiah came. And so as you're even reading through those Advent devotionals that we have, there's lots of references uh, from the Old Testament because that's what the Bible said in the very beginning, that Christ would come. And so that is the setting for that time at the first Christmas. But sometimes what we forget is it's also the setting for us. It's the exact same setting that we have in the scripture today. Because Christ said, I will return. I will return. I will come back. And that's what you should look to and prepare for and be ready for. And so this Christmas season, we're kind of thinking about preparing our hearts for the arrival of Christ. And that may be, you know, personally being open and ready for what God is doing amongst us. But also being ready for the reality that Christ says, I will come again. So today in particular, we're going to talk about surprises. Um, I don't know about you, how many people in here like surprises? Who in, okay, we got a couple over here. All right, all right. Uh, These are the fun people over here, like a surprise. They're planning each other's surprise birthday parties and stuff like that. Uh, All the drama, all that stuff. Um, Me, not so much. Um, I'm not a huge surprise person. Um, Sometimes surprises are fun. Sometimes surprises are scary, right? Uh, The surprises that are fun are like kind of Christmas time surprises, right? You wrap up the presents, you're sneaking around, you're trying to get hints about like, uh, what, what, what should we get people for Christmas? You have your secret Santa maybe at work and you're running around doing that. Some of you, I've seen some pictures on your Facebook about your elf on the shelf. Uh, this never happened in my home, it's, it never has. But it looks like fun. Every day you're like doing your little surprises. Where's the elf going to be today? And the kids wake up looking for the elf on the shelf. Those surprises are fun. And, And Christmas season is filled with kind of these fun surprises. But there's also surprises that are scary, right? And there's surprises that we don't necessarily like. The surprises that like... All of a sudden, I thought life was going to go this way, and all of a sudden, there's a surprise in my life. There's a change at work. There's a change in something else going on in my life. Sometimes it's even, you know, just kind of small, frivolous things. I expected it to be this way, and it's this way, and those are not necessarily the fun surprises. Those are the scary ones, the unexpected things that come up in your life. Well, Christmas is a season of surprise, and the first Christmas story was a season of surprise. And actually, it contained both fun surprises and both scary surprises. 
And that's how I think sometimes God works, is that God does work in surprising ways. And sometimes they are fun, but sometimes they're also a little bit scary. Um, I remember uh, these kinds of surprises that are a little bit scary. Um, in my life, uh, tonight we are going to have a fun time. We are going to have an all-church meal together with our group here and also with the group that meets that has a Spanish-speaking worship service. They meet on Sunday afternoons at 3 o'clock, and uh, it's all in Spanish. I'm there regularly. They translate for me, and, and uh, it's, a, it's a great time. But that's a part of our church community is we have an English service and a Spanish service. And so we're doing an all-church service tonight or, and uh, a meal, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I remember kind of how all that stuff began, and it was one of those scary moments in my life. I remember it very clearly as I was talking to a few people here in the church, and I was saying, you know what? There's lots of Spanish-speaking people in our community, and it, God wants us to connect with them too and help them out too, and help them find a church and there isn't really a lot of options for them and things like that. I don't know. Maybe we should pray about that and think about that. And, and maybe in the future we do something. And one of the members, uh, our, our board members on our board said, looked at me and said, eh, I think we've prayed enough. Maybe we should do something about it. Maybe we should just like act. And I was kind of like, whoa, that's kind of scary to think about. Uh, no habla espanol. Um, I am not... Uh, a Spanish-speaking person. Actually, uh, I work uh, at my my day job at the school. Um, the kids always have a great time because I I tell them things in Spanish and they laugh at me and laugh at my accent as I'm uh, trying to tell them uh, things in Spanish. And there's a couple of kids I say, uh, no no comprende, no inglés, and I just speak to them in Spanish. And I know about seven words, so uh, it's it's a little limited. But it's scary. It was scary to me to think about doing something that I wasn't prepared for. I can't speak Spanish. How do we start a Spanish service? That doesn't make any sense. But over the course of several years, and we'll celebrate that a little bit tonight, I've gotten the chance to hang out and meet people I never thought I would meet. I've gotten the chance to, to, to preach uh, in Spanish services. I've got to, a, a chance to learn uh, a few new things about my community and my neighborhood. And I've got to see people baptized and lives change because God called us to do something a little bit scary. And we did it. And tonight we're going to celebrate that a little bit with our, with our friends that are part of our church. And so there are times where surprises are scary. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad. Sometimes it means that God is doing something. Sometimes it means that we're getting pushed and challenged to places we haven't been before, and this is a good thing. And so we're going to look at the surprising story that we have in Scripture um, that preceded the first Christmas in the book of Luke. So you can flip with me to Luke chapter 1, and it will come up on the screen. Luke chapter 1. And this is the encounter that Mary has at that first Christmas. It says this, verse 26. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, 
God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who is said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. So let's look, and I want to look through kind of the emotions of this story. And um, it's always hard to kind of put yourself in this place, especially if you've heard this story every Christmas of your whole life. But the emotions and the surprise of this moment is pretty stark. It says, you know, right away at the beginning, after this angel proclaims this message that would be hard to comprehend, and the angel shows up, and I don't know about you, but if angels show up at my house, I would be a little bit startled. But the angel shows up, and it says Mary was troubled. She was troubled. She was, she was startled. She was scared. She was, you know, all of these things. And it's... If you think about who Mary was, Mary was a just kind of ordinary girl in a nowhere tiny little town uh, that was engaged to some ordinary guy. She was about to kind of like start her life and, and go down a path that would have been, you know, like millions other before her. She would live a simple life in a simple time and would be, you know, kind of unknown to all of human history. And that was her path. And that's what her expectation was, to raise a family in a small, tiny town of Nazareth uh, 2,000 years ago. However, something kind of surprising emerged. Mary was favored by God. And that's what it says. And Mary... And it also says that God, the Lord, was with you in verse 28. So she was troubled by this, and that's like a positive thing. But she was, she was tr- thinking, what in the world is going on in this moment? This is different than my expectation of what my life would be. But all of a sudden, everything gets interrupted by God's plan and God doing something in this moment in time. You know, all throughout Jesus' life, it's interesting as you look and you read the stories about Jesus' life, there's all kinds of times where, G- where there's like these, what are you doing, Jesus, moments. All throughout the New Testament. 
When Jesus is walking around and his followers are with him, he like has these moments like he goes and he eats with a bunch of sinners and people that most people don't associate with. And his disciples are looking around like, what are you doing, Jesus? Why are you doing that? He has, he has times where he's hanging out with Samaritans. He's hanging out with people of a different race, culture, uh, religion. And, he, and people are like, what are you doing that with that? What are you doing there? Why are you talking to a Samaritan? Why are you talking to sometimes it was even a Samaritan woman in the scripture he talked to? What are you doing, Jesus? There was times he confronted the Pharisees who were like the religious, religious leaders of the day. He was confronting other people about what their expectations and understandings of God were. And the disciples must have been thinking, what are you doing, Jesus? And then when he was arrested and crucified, that's when it was completely confusing. What in the world is going on, Jesus? Why would you allow this to happen? But this is how God works many times. Many times we're going along in our life and there's these surprises that come up and sometimes they're scary and sometimes it's an interruption of what we anticipated our life to be. Maybe we had our plans, we had our objectives, we had our path laid out for us. I'm going to live a simple life in a nowhere town and I'm going to marry an ordinary guy and that will be enough for me and God surprises and something changes. And so Mary, rightfully so, is troubled. She's kind of shooken up by this. And she is having to grasp what is going on that was different from her expectations. But it says that God was with her. And that's, that's what, where surprises, even if they're scary, should be fun. You know, I don't know about... Uh, how you react when things are kind of a little bit different in your life. But, but re realize that a lack of understanding about a situation doesn't mean that God, you know, is abandoning us or doesn't mean that it's bad things necessarily that are going on in our life. It may mean that God is about to do something really great in our life. When things are starting to kind of move and change and shift in our life, it's possible that that moment in time could be something that God is doing something different. There may be uh, something else that is coming up. And so Mary rightfully has this emotion of troubled, of confused, perplexed, another version says. But God was with her. God was with her. And that's really what kind of that message of peace is about. Is peace doesn't mean stability and simplicity. Peace means it's okay. It's going to be all right. And so that's where Mary is first. That's the surprise that she has to deal with. As the, as the story continues, it talks about how Mary was afraid. Um, the angel directly addresses her fear and says, you know, don't be afraid. Um, which is, which is a silly thing. Every single time angels appear to people, they say, don't be afraid. Like, I don't know what, exactly what an angel looks like, but like I'm imagining kind of big, 
You know what I mean? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe there's different size angels. I don't know. But, but like, I, I can imagine, like, if you have an angel appear before you, there might be a little bit of fear. But they always say, don't be afraid. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, better, easier said than done. But the reason that she doesn't have to be afraid is what it says. Is it says, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. She doesn't have to be afraid because she is in God's will. She doesn't have to be afraid because she is following the path that God set before her. I remember every year as a kid growing up, I would visit uh, my cousin. My cousin was a year younger than me, and he was all farm kid, all like rural kid, and I was all city kid. I knew everything about baseball and football and basketball and those kinds of things. But then when I went out into the country in big acres of property and like he had horses and things like three-wheelers and dirt bikes and crossbows and slingshots and stuff like this, I was completely and totally out of my element. If we wanted to play a little football, I was, I was down and I totally knew what to do. But I remember every year going to my cousin's house and it was a little bit scary, but it was a little bit fun. It was a little bit scary. It was like he was teaching me how to ride a dirt bike when I didn't have any clue how to ride a dirt bike when I was like six years old. And we'd be riding around like out in the middle of nowhere on dirt bikes. And he would he'd put up jumps and we'd be, we'd be hunting squirrels and all kinds of crazy stuff. There's always crazy. And it always happened. Somebody broke a bone. Somebody got hurt. There was something that we did that was wrong. Um, I could tell you story after story about that. But, but just, just trust me. Um, I learned from hanging out at my cousin's house that like, if you try to stack barrels for barrel racing, you might break your arm. That's a lesson I learned. I also learned a lesson that you're not supposed to shoot crossbows into the couch in the house. I learned that lesson. We're trying to do target practice and like get ready to go out there and get the squirrels or something. But like, I learned a lot of really important, valuable lessons. But I remember every single time we went to visit, there was a little bit of fear but a little bit of excitement because I was like, something's going to go down that is different than happens in the city, okay? Um, and that was, that, that, that's kind of the feeling here. Mary's afraid, but she's favored. She's in God's will. And sometimes maybe we live lives that are kind of wanting to avoid any kind of fear of something different or new. Something that is calling us to another place in our life. And so there's fear that is accompanied with it. But really, what this message tells us and reminds us is that we should not be scared about the things that God or the adventures that God calls us to. What we should really be afraid of is missing out. We should be afraid of missing out on the things that God wants to do. Imagine living an entire life where we do all of these other things and have it all planned out and we miss out on the incredible fun that God has planned for us. The fun of being able to make an impact on somebody else's life. Have a purpose for your life. 
Grow and do something important. Be a part of God's plan in this world. The adventure of being a part of that, that's what we should be afraid of. Not afraid of like something that is a little uncomfortable or out of our comfort zone. Don't be afraid of those things. Be afraid of missing out on God's will for your life. Be afraid of one day looking back and saying, I should have followed God in that, but I was afraid. So Mary was afraid, but she was favored, and she was in God's will, and she was doing what God wanted her to do. Mary is also confused. You see, in the passage later on, she says, how could this be? There's lots of components of this story that I'm not going to get into that are confusing. I agree. And she is confused. But just because she doesn't understand the mechanics of exactly how it would work out, you know, she's trying to figure out exactly how Joseph will play into this equation. She's trying to figure out exactly what's, what's going on in this moment. She is willing. And you see kind of the final phrases of the passage of Scripture where she says, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. That's what she says. She says, I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what you're doing, God. But I'm willing. The question that we have to ask ourselves as we are in this season of time And as we're not just looking back, but we're looking forward and saying, what is God doing in this world right here, right now, and in the future? Is we have to say, am I ready? And am I willing? Am I, even if I look around and hear the news stories, or I hear about what this is going on in the world, or or this is happening in my individual life, and it's confusing, and it's like, God, are you really, what's going on? How come you allow this to happen? What, what is this? And it's really confusing when you're in the middle of it and you don't have the complete picture and the story hasn't all played out. It's confusing. But Mary's like, I don't quite get it. But if that's what you want, I'm willing. I'm willing and ready. Willing and able. And so Mary says, yeah, whatever you want, God, whatever you want to do. There's another interesting little line in this passage. She says, how will this be? And the response to the angel in verse 35 is this. It says, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. What, what an amazing passage right there. What an amazing reminder Is it saying you recognize that you're going through a moment of surprise, of shock, of difference, of change in your life. Something is different is going to happen right now. But guess what? The power of God, the power of God's spirit will overshadow you. Will overshadow all that you're going to do. The reality is, and if we could flip this around a little bit, is if you live a life of ordinary things and just kind of walking down the path of just doing what I expected. Not anticipating God to do anything unique in my life. 
not anticipating God to use me in my life, not anticipating any of this, then you know what? The power of God will not overshadow you. You will overshadow the power of God. You will be the one that chooses kind of the path in your life, and you'll do kind of ordinary things. But there are moments in time where we step out of that ordinary existence and we step into the realm of, this is beyond me, God, you need to help out. And that's where Mary stepped into. She stepped into this place of surprise, confusion, of fear, whatever, but she stepped out into something saying, this has got to be something that God does because it's bigger than me and beyond me. And in that moment, the power of God overshadowed her. I don't know about you, but I would like to live the kind of life where it's just not reliant on my ability, my talent, and my skill. Because that has quite a bit of limit. But when you step out into something different and are open and willing for God to surprise you, it's possible that the power of God can overshadow you. And I don't know, every person in life, if you're a person that wants to walk into a relationship with God, has to have moments like this. You have to have a moment like this at some point in time. You have to have a moment where it is beyond you and you can only rely on God's power for your help. You have to. Because you can't even start without, without having a moment like this. Like the scripture says, it says, there, there's a point in time where we all have to bow our knee and humbly proclaim, God, give me grace. I can't do it on my own. God, help me. God, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. God, life is overwhelming and bigger than me and I need help. God, wow, I am not prepared for what I'm facing right now in my life. There, this is a scary moment that we face sometimes. And this is scary and it's surprising and there's lots of emotions that are tied up. There's fear, there's terror, there's confusion. All of those things are tied up. But Mary, she knew God was with her. She was walking in God's will. And she said, God, may, may, may it be so. I'm going to follow you. And she stepped out of something that was possible or ordinary. And she said, God's power has to overshadow me. Let it be. If we are going to be prepared for God's arrival... We have to have kind of the same kind of attitude that Mary did. There's lots of different things that you can prepare for for a very ordinary, boring Christmas. Yes, you can be very creative with your elf on the shelf. And I'm not wanting to minimize any of your creative work that you're doing with that. Okay, great. Good job. However, to step out into something that is meaningful, spiritual, and eternal... You have to be willing, like Mary, to be ready for God to interrupt maybe something in your life in the path that you've gone down. 
to say, maybe there's another, maybe there's more. Maybe I need to change. Maybe I need to repent. Maybe I need to dig in a little bit more. Maybe I need to be open to be surprised. Maybe I need to do something and start praying prayers that can't be answered unless God shows up in my life. You know, after Thanksgiving, we start counting down the days. We start putting up the lights. We start baking the food. We get all of this stuff ready. And, you know, it's, it's fun. And it's good. And it's great. So I don't want to minimize any of that. And we like to look back and we like to think about the things of the past and maybe kind of almost like think about our childhood Christmas. But, you know, Christ did not really command us to look back and think about, like, overly remember his birth. He commanded us to look forward and await and be ready for his return. That's what he did. He says, be ready because I will come again. Be ready in your heart, in your life, for the time when I show up again. There was lots of people at the first Christmas that were not ready and prepared. Mary's heart was open and was ready for an interruption into her life. And she was ready for what was going to happen in the future. So what does the surprise of Jesus mean for us today? Jesus' followers were surprised that he died on the cross. Jesus' followers were surprised that Jesus' tomb was empty. And some will be surprised when he returns. But that's what he says. This is the promise I make and that's what will happen. Be watchful and ready. So the question isn't, are we prepared for his birth? The question is, are we prepared for the risen and return of Jesus Christ. I invite you to pray with me today. God, we thank you for this story. And we thank you for the example of Mary. What a confusing, surprising moment in time. Where she had to alter the entire course of her life because God was doing something different. God, thank you for her bravery, her courage, and her faith. God, I think sometimes that maybe I live an ordinary life. I live a life that is not open to you intersecting it. Sometimes I act as if I have it all figured out on my own and I do not need any help from you, God. God, help me. Forgive me. I know I cannot forgive my own sins. God, I need your help. God, I know I can't be prepared for your return. God, I need your help. God, I know that I can't answer the prayers that I have. I need your help.
So God, even though I have fears, even though I have doubts and confusion sometimes, I look to you. I look to you to help me make sense of this world. I look to you for my salvation and my hope. I look to you for your return. I believe you are in control. And so whatever you've said is going to happen, I am your servant, Lord. May your words be fulfilled. I want to invite you right now to just offer your own prayers. Open your heart up to God doing something new in you. Maybe reminding you of a long-forgotten commitment that you've made to him. Maybe reminding you that he's in control and you can't do it alone. Maybe for the first time you're saying, God, I need your help. Forgive me. Be open to God showing up and surprising you. Changing the course of your life. God is not done with any of us. God has new surprises and new things for us. Open your heart and be ready for him to show up in your life right here, right now.